It's Friday night and you're at the video store. The place is a mob scene. People clutching tapes in both hands, bumping into other customers as they hurry to the checkout counter. Like a magnet, you're drawn to the horror section. Surrounded by all the beautiful cover art, you begin to panic. So many titles, so little time, and the store is about to close. Suddenly, two figures emerge from the shadows. Their name tags announce Mikey and Maddie. They will guide you on this journey, for they are the purveyors of truth and good taste. Your video store hosts to take you on a fun ride through all the best in horror. So it's time to light the candles, and as the flint creates a spark, remember, you're never really alone in the dark. Good evening. This is cursed. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. It's Miller time. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Whatever you do, don't fall. Hello, Alone in the Dark Podcast Universe. It is your buddy, Maddie. Welcome to episode 85 of the Alone in the Dark Harder Podcast. I am here with, of course, my buddy, Mike. Mike, what is up, dude? Maddie, what's going on, man? It's great to be back and uh, excited to uh, hit that record button tonight. I was going to say, Mike, it's been a while since we've said this, but we're back. We're back. Yes, we are. <laughs> Episode 85, talking sublime sequels. Maybe. Yes, surprising sublime sequels, man. We've uh, we talked, I want to say, a couple of sequels a long, long time ago, um, and I just thought this would be a good topic to get back to because there are so many like of these little gems that like that we haven't ever talked about that are going to appear on this episode, right? Pretty much. Oh my God, yeah. There's so many. At least on my so side, many. I'm not sure of all yeah. yours yet, but we'll get there. No, as we do, we make many lists, right, Maddie? And every time we make a list, I feel like we're always like, oh, my God, there's so much more. So we're going to keep going with it. So we just gave it a different title this time. You know what I mean? Yes. You you mentioned the word sublime, Mike. It was something I put down, and I love that word. And uh, I kind of wrote down a little bit of notes, like tending to inspire awe, usually because of elevated quality. I thought that was an interesting Mm. definition for sublime. And I think that's going to apply a couple of times on my list, by the way. Absolutely. As in beauty, nobility, or grandeur, or transcendent excellence. Are we going to call some of these movies transcendent excellence, Mike? We are going to see, but I, I, I will. We will, I will see. It'll be the first time that any of these films probably will be called transcendent excellence. Yes, yes. Um, all right, Matt, before we get there, just a couple things. We got to do some shout outs for Patreon. Yes. Uh, I forgot to do it last episode. So, Carrie Betty, thank you so much for supporting us. Awesome. Uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Parsons, thank you. Yes, again. thank you, thank you. And coming back to us, Maddie. He always he he leaves and comes back, but he's always he's always a great supporter. Slasher Steve, Slasher Steve. Oh thanks man, again. the man he from Pennsylvania. That's it, man. He was he was at my Halloween party this year. It was him and his Indeed, wife. he was super fun. So thanks, Slasher Steve. And he um, also came to the um, the uh, La Martina um, event in October. Oh yes, that's right. Yep, the WNUF. Yes. Yep. Halloween sequel. sequel. Yep. Yep. He was there for that as well, which was super cool. We got to hang with him. Um, also wanted to talk about, uh, speaking of uh, our horror screening, Maddie, we have coming up Poltergeist on uh, the 24th. Yeah, the 24th, next Friday, May, March 24th. If you want to come to Smodcastle Cinemas in beautiful Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, 
uh, you can see Poltergeist uh, on the big screen, the original, not the remake. So 1982, yes. Yeah, so come check it out. Kevin Smith's been doing some really cool stuff and allowing us to do our thing there, which is great. So for some uh, trivia and prizes and, and, you know, to see that film on the big screen, it's worth it. So definitely check it out. If you go to smodcastlecinema.com, you can purchase tickets there. Or you can buy them at the box office when you arrive. So yeah, the, you could the show starts at 8 p.m. Yes, bring some good old uh, maggot meat, maybe, if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you could put that with your popcorn and uh, have a great old time. Yeah, yeah. Let's clear the house, Maddie. All right, so, uh, <laughs> so let's get into a little horror spotlight. All right, Matt. It's been a while since we've done one of these. What do you got for us? It has, tonight? Mike. I have been. I haven't told you this yet, um, mm. but I'm I know I've, I've been. I've been away. I've been. Uh, yeah. I've been off the off the grid for a mm-hmm. while now. How was that reconstructive surgery for you? Did it work out or? Uh, not quite. So um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna keep trying though. I mean, I'm a, I'm an optimist, <laughs> and I just think maybe it hasn't taken hold yet. But it'll it'll be. That's all right. it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, a couple of the adenoids got fixed, and the uh, the, pul- yeah. the pulmonoid, and uh huh, yeah, and the other oids. You're throwing words out there that I have no idea what you're. Talking I don't either. About, but so um, <laughs> sounds pretty good though. Anyway, um, uh, I was actually watching a bunch of films for a future episode. Um, okay. That I'm hoping that we can record uh, probably toward the end of this summer to celebrate. Well, to celebrate one of my favorite filmmakers' birthdays, and it is not John Carpenter because his birthday, I believe, is in January. Right. So I'm talking about the end of summer, toward the end of summer. So maybe you could put the pieces together. Maybe you can't. I don't want to okay. say it here yet because it's a it's several episodes down the line. But I am prepping right. for this like crazy. Uh, and there was a movie I'd, I I hadn't heard of. Forget about having seen. And it's from eighty uh, nineteen eighty seven actually, and mm-hmm. it stars David Keith, who as you know is uh, Charlie <laughs> is um is McGee uh, Charlie McGee Drew Barrymore's dad in Firestarter the guy with yes the, you know, that's right. Who goes, you know, to the shop and they use him, and yep. uh, he's also in, you know, Officer and a Gentleman, and he's in other several movies. Great, great, great character actor, and he's phenomenal in this movie. And it's called The White of the Eye. Huh. Really, really cool movie. He's a serial killer kind of, uh, it's a serial killer movie, and he's in it. He's like a sound guy who like puts in this real high tech audio in these, uh, uh, in these people's homes and stuff, and they're not sure who the hell is is killing people. Interesting. And uh, very, very cool. I'm going to talk a lot more about this movie when we get to oh, this episode. And I'm cool. Very, I just want to put plant that in there because it's a really, yeah. really intriguing. And it is such an odd, odd movie. The, the edits that are thrown in there and um, the jarring edits that are thrown in there, almost voiceover over these inserts, I guess, that they put in. And it's so different, man. It's so much different from anything you'll see, but it's so Interesting. cool. Yeah, That's cool. cool. I've never heard of that movie, yeah. Matt. How did you discover this? I, I'm like, I got to say, and I don't get paid. You know, we, we always said you got to put the ka-ching <laughs> symbol. This is a Tubi, is a Tubi reference. <laughs> I'm telling you, that that station never ceases to amaze me, that app. that, that It just has so many things, that streaming service on there, that I, I've never yeah. heard of that keep coming yeah. on there. I am, I am enamored. I'm in love with Tubi. I really am. Well, I pull it up all the time after you've sort of plugged it a million freaking times. So I'm always, when I'm looking for something to watch when I'm going to sleep, I always pull it up just to see if there's something that intrigues me. So that's Well, Mike, that's you know, cool. I knew Tubi made it already, but then there was a Super Bowl add-on. So you know yes, if you're on the Super right. Bowl and they have a Tubi that's, commercial, you've made I it. I know. I feel like you had a part in that, Maddie, to get bringing them to the status. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. We should be getting paid and, for And for go Chiefs, baby. Let's go. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Excellent. All right, cool. So that's your horror spotlight. That is. What is yours, bud? 
Matt, I got to talk about it, but ugh, I'm like, you know, you haven't seen it. So, but Scream 6, Matt, I, yes. I just, I just big event, saw it with my son, Mikey. We went to that, that special 3D fan event that they held uh, on the Thursday. Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, which was awesome. We got our free posters. Um, I ordered my popcorn tin. Oh, did you uh, get I was going to ask it. you. Yeah, I didn't get it yet. I, I think I'm like at the second batch, so I feel like that I'm not getting it for a while, but uh, whatever. I'll, I'll get it. But um, but the, the event was really cool in that they had like a lot of fun, like interviews and stuff, uh, behind the scenes footage. Uh, before the movie started, which was kind of cool while you were just sitting in the seats. And I love those kind of events because it's just kind of fun. You get get a little, feel like you're getting a little something extra than just go sitting down I, and seeing the movie. Yeah, totally. But yeah, no, so my son Mikey and I went and we saw it. And uh, yeah, it was, um, I don't want to say too much because we'll, we'll definitely talk about it after you see it. You haven't seen but it I yet. But I think you said you liked it better than, than Five. I definitely did. That's okay. the one thing I will say is I enjoyed it more than the last one. Okay. Um, and I definitely want to see it again. So if that tells you anything, um, yeah. And I think I posted my ranking uh, on you did. Instagram. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's not one of my favorites, but it's definitely, like I said, better than five. So no, that's just my opinion. Your up and comer, man, is three. I know it is. I know every it's, time you dude, watch that movie, it climbs up, it climbs higher. I just, I just like it. Listen, more for and a more, long time, you, know? you put four above three. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna remind you of this because I am, yeah. I am, and everybody else in this podcast should know. You used to put four as your third favorite Scream film. Yes. I don't think that's the case anymore. It's not. I know. I don't think it is. Yeah. I know. It, it jumps. They, those two jump back and forth. You know. And it's funny, like I was listening to uh, our friend Zach Cherry, who really yes. is obsessed with Scream and yes. does great content about Scream. And he was saying the same thing, like three and four sort of like switch places constantly. And that's kind of where I'm at, too. You know, they sort of they sort of jump around. So Got as it. of right now, you know, I'm definitely liking three a little bit better than four, you know, but that may change. You never know. So all right, yeah. fair enough. So that's my spotlight. But I can't wait for you to see it. When do you think you're going to see it? I'm bothering. I'm bothering my buddy Jerry to go try to go see it. So I really mm. want to go. But, uh, maybe this week or something or I would love to weekend, man or? yeah maybe, hopefully next it's still gonna be out so I'm gonna try to get there oh yeah it'll be out for a while yeah I don't see it leaving anytime soon yeah so. it's making mad money so it's good for that yeah it's cool Mikey um Mikey put in for at because my son works at Smod Castle Cinemas and he put in for me to get the poster once it's out you know what I mean oh so the he, big giant he claimed one? it the movie theater yeah, one? like the movie poster yes. yeah yeah so I'll have it so it's cool I'm excited I'm not that I have room for it you know what not for but, nothing but Kevin should just any horror movie that goes through there, he should just give you the poster. Well, you should give it to us, right? Like, <laughs> it should be us. <laughs> Which, by default, is you, Mike. Well, but yeah, but I'm saying there might be something that you'd want. I'd make sure you got it, too. Just because I live in the town doesn't mean that you can't have something. Mike, you, you know? make this that, that happen all the time, and I think you deserve them, buddy. No, it's all good. It's all good. All right, Matt. So let's get into this episode. Let we us. are talking sublime sequels, as we said. And I, I know that most people... You know, we've all been there, right, Matt? We've all been in that situation where we've been obsessed with a movie, we've seen a movie, and we love it, whether we were a kid or whether we were, you know, like in college or an adult. But there's that anticipation of the next one coming, right? Yes. Um, that's that's something that's just amazing, and we all look forward to that, you know? And that's kind of like the, the vibe that I was going for with this episode when you pitched this to me. I was like, yeah, this is yes. what, this is it. Like, in, speaking of Scream, like, I'll never forget seeing Scream 2 in theaters, you know, in the anticipation of seeing that yeah. movie, you know? And it was like a year, like 11 months later, right? You're just like, holy crap, man. I know. Yeah, but I'll never forget it. Every time I drive by Freehold Mall, that's where I took my wife and she saw Scream 2 with me. 
Um, and I'll just never forget it. It's just like one of those those memories, you know. Oh, it's that's when great. that that cinema was kind of new back then too. Yeah, it was fairly new. Yeah. Now it's kind of an old hat, but right. yeah, definitely back then it was it was new. And I forget why we went there. It was probably sold out, you know, because it was so popular at the time. But yeah, just that feeling of like waiting for that movie to come out and then going to the theater to see it, you know. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It was amazing. I mean, I, I recall it too. I and mean, we was, obviously we saw the first one together, but we did not see the second one together. Or maybe we went a second time or something. But I probably yeah, we probably went together afterwards. Yeah. you know what I mean. But yeah, I know we awesome. saw. I know we did last summer together. That's for sure. Yep. But um, I anyway, still know. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get into this, Mike. Yes. Uh, usually the way we do this, folks, uh, is that I go first. Um, that's because we <laughs> save the best for Always. last, simply because that's Mike. I'm not the but best for I, last. I Why like do you to, say that? I like to kick things off. Um, the shitty notes for last? Because that's that's me. Mike, there's no <laughs> shittiness with you, buddy. You are all class. Yes, there is. So uh, I actually don't know exactly where you're going. I know where I think you're going for a few of these. Right. But I'm not exactly sure. Uh, your order. I'll just say, let me preface this, and I think you feel the same way. This isn't a list of like our definites, like you know what I mean. Like we're leaving a bunch of films off this list, yes. like Scream Two. Like I'm not talking about Scream no. Two because we've talked about it a million times. Like we're kind of going off the beaten path a little bit. We with our certainly list are. No, we'll, yes. we're going off the beaten path. Yeah, there are movies in here that I don't think we've ever even mentioned. You know what I mean? So I don't. Mike, in my case, them. that will be that will be the case. Five. Hungry for excitement. Starved for life. Brains. You're supposed to be dead! Just when you thought it was safe to be dead, the horror classic is reborn. Return of the Living Dead, Part 2, rated R. Starts Friday, January 15th. Check newspapers for showtime. Absolutely, unequivocally, the most ridiculous film on my list. <laughs> I don't... Have you seen this? I, I have a long time okay. ago, Matt. And, I, and, you know, in trying to prepare for this episode, I didn't have time to see all of yours again, but... Well, if anyone I hasn't... faintly remember this by checking out your notes. You can rent this for free with ads on YouTube. Not rent it. You can watch it for free with ads on YouTube. It's 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 actually oh. very good quality as well. Awesome. Uh, just, just in case people like, don't want... But it's you know, free. It is free with ads. It's like, oh, it's like cool. Tubi kind of. It's, it's do you, right. YouTube. Awesome. It's YouTube, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's YouTube, but it's just free. It has some ads in it, but they go there quick. There you go. Um, anyway, I don't know if you know this, Mike, but this movie was shot by Robert Elswit, and that name may not ring a bell for you, but I'm talking Boogie mm -hmm. Nights, Magnolia. There will be blood. This guy won an Oscars. Oh, wow. Have haven't you brought him up before? I have was be it? because he's a he's my one of my favorite cinematographers because he was with Paul Thomas Anderson a lot in the beginning of his career. But yeah. before he met PTA, Mike, he was doing Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Yes. So that's why this movie has a little bit more class than maybe it should. Right. At least from the cinematography. Start somewhere, speaking. right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, he also shot like Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. He actually shot Trick or Treat, nineteen eighty six. Mike. Oh, is that where we? I think that's where he maybe? came up. Now that you mentioned. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. All right. That might have been over on Patreon or something. But anyway. I mean, just to talk about him on a on a sublime, surprising horror sequel podcast, it, it makes me giddy a little bit. I have to. I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the quintessential horror comedy, Mike. I know the first one is a horror comedy, the first Return of the Living Dead for sure. Yeah. This one completely ups the ante in, in, in the ludicrous factor and absolutely straight to ridiculous factor. Um, it's, it, there's no line that's blurred, like, is it a comedy? No, it, it's, it's a comedy first and then a horror movie. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what it comes down to. It's not a comedy horror. It's not a horror comedy. It's a comedy horror. 
<laughs> and there's some violence in it and there's some gross stuff in it. Um, but, you know, only a couple of things like Fright Night, Reanimator, Scream, only those couple films really would be like those quintessential horror comedies, right? And if we're trying, I think Return yeah. of the Living Dead fits neatly into that with those um, films because it's really quality, right? Right. It's very high yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is uh, this is skating on the parody line. It's so far into comedy. They bring back... <laughs> now, think of this. Think of the first movie. James Karen, who we talk yep. about all the time because he's in Poltergeist, right? Right. He's yep. the guy who sold them the, the house and on the Indian yeah, burial yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah, the guy that... Why did you buy the burial ground? Exactly. Uh-huh. So he and Tom Matthews, obviously, are in the first Return of the Living Dead. Neither yes. of them make it, right? They, yes, they, they die. Spoiler. I mean, you haven't seen Return of the Living Dead. I mean then go oh, home and watch yeah, it. But yeah. they both die in the first film. They are yep. in this movie. <laughs> they are playing different characters, but they're essentially the same people. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that. So they're, they're different characters. They're grave diggers. Oh, and they're out to like rob, like they open graves and they like steal like jewelry that people are, like the, the corpses are wearing. Yeah, the grave robbers. Yes, yeah. they're grave robbers. But- the the fun that they have with the dialogue. Um, at one point, Joey says, I feel like we've been here before. You, me, them. I swear <laughs> to God. It's like, it's got to yes, be a reference it's like to meta, the, the, the Yeah, it's totally, yeah. It's, it's hysterical, but it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. And to clarify, Mike, they're not the same characters, but they may as well be, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you right. Know, even even James Karen is pretty much almost like the boss character in this Yeah. In this uh in this way because he says again watch your tongue boy if you like this job he says the same line from the original (laughs) film and then he goes of course what does he say like this job (laughs) I mean it's ridiculous Um, anyway Joey goes yeah he points to a coffin he says yeah you'll end up in one of those and Ed goes uh uh not me you'll never find me in one of those I'm gonna get me cremated what happens to him in the first film Mike yeah that's right he he puts himself on the 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 tray and ro- rolls himself into the, cre- in the yes, crematorium. And, and that's right. Remember so Oberoki with that song, right? You're going to burn. <laughs> yes. So this is all just like a callback to the All to callbacks, the first movie. dude. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. But it's not so forced, though. It's I mean, it's not fan service the way you would consider H- uh, Halloween 2018, right? Right. I mean, like we, you really went off on that, right? Yep. It's not as much that. It, it, I don't know. It, it's... It's like the writers are taking the piss out of conventionality in a way, I guess. Um, yeah. And we're just having a good time. And it actually works for this movie. It's so far over the top that after a while, you just have to put logic and anything off to the side and just say, I'm just going to take this <laughs> in, man, with my peepers. I'm just going to watch this and then just enjoy it for what it is because it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Not to mention there's an 11-year-old kid who's pretty much like the hero in this movie. <laughs> not, not unlike, you know, Children of the Corn or one of those other ones where the kid kind of takes the, uh, the reins and and is the one who's trying to make all the good decisions because Tom Matthews and James Karen are pretty much falling over each other, screaming at each other and being idiots, like the same way they were in the first movie. And the kid, they, don't, they still, you know, is that same kind of callback there. So the young kid is to step in and be the one that's trying to figure this all out. Yeah. Um, so one brief scene I want to describe, Mike, is the dead have invaded this one house. This is, the, this is describing how the tone of this film, right, in this one scene. One of the heroes is wrestling with the zombie in the living room on the floor. <laughs> they roll over the TV remote, and the TV flashes on an exercise video that starts playing. Kind of like Jane Fonda's, you know, you know whatever, okay. Richard Simmons sweating with you. It's not those, but it's something like that. Right. The zombies literally stop, and they're transfixed at this woman gyrating in neon tights, leg warmers, and a headband. They're watching this, right? And then the hero actually 
disengages because the zombies are, are like watching the TV now, ex this yeah. exercising video. So he's able to get away from it. And all the while, the zombies are being electrocuted at the end, Mike. There's another scene where one of them is dressed as Michael Jackson. He runs back on screen to like, while he's being electrocuted so he could do like a Michael Jackson like dance like in the middle of the oh screen. Oh my gosh. Like he runs back onto the screen. It's so like, it's, I told you, it's almost a parody of itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's so different from like 28 Days Later and, you know, Zack Snyder's uh, oh, Dawn of the Dead, which oh are like, God. holy shit, they're coming at you yeah. at 100 miles an hour. You know, these are still the shuffling zombies. Um, it does have running, I mean, it kind of, it's funny because it breaks the mold because this is the first time I've seen running zombies. They actually run a little bit in this movie. Oh, that's interesting. So okay. it is, so it does kind of set a little bit of a, of a precedent in a way because it, it's the first one I've seen that in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how much of a trailblazer would you say this film is other than running zombies? I wouldn't say it's much right. of a trailblazer at all. <laughs> um, but again, Mike, I want to ask you this question. Um, do you want to party, Mike? Because <laughs> I think you do. Throw this film on and throw away your expectations completely. All right. Pop some popcorn, sit back, enjoy, and don't use too much of your brain. Remember the most terrifying night of your life. Ah! Well, steady your nerves. Ah! You're white as a sheep. And prepare yourself for a shock. Ah! Because if you were scared before, it's not really over it. Imagine how scared you'll be now. Welcome to Fright Night. You can say that again, partner. Yes, Fright Night Part Two. It's happening again. So, Matt, Charlie now, we're we're kind of in his story here, and Charlie is now under therapy, <laughs> and his therapist has convinced him that Jerry was just a serial killer and not a vampire. And um, you know, he sort of Charlie goes off and you know leaves the, the therapy session, and I think he like throws away his steaks he and does. garlic and stuff. Yes. So he's got like this. He's sort of grown and he's he's kind of moving on from the experience of the first film, right? And he's sort of convinced himself that it, it all wasn't real, you know? Yes. Um, poor Charlie, you know? So um, he goes and meets with Peter Vincent and, uh, you know, Peter still believes. Yeah, Roddy, Mc, Roddy McDowell's back, man. Yeah, Roddy McDowell's back, which is awesome. Uh, but Charlie's now trying to forget and uh, he's got a new girlfriend, right? What's her name? Alex, I think? Yes, Alex. Alex, yeah, she's a cute girl. Oh, she's, and she's sort Mike, of studying I to love be a therapist her in this movie. Yeah, I know, I know you've expressed that. I do. I it's one of those things where sometimes these because this is what this is eighty eight, right? This is like three years yes. later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's such a cutie, man. She and you know I don't see her in a lot of things, you know. Yeah, and I totally forgot to mention Matt at the beginning. This is the one reason why I was always intrigued with this movie and love it. Is who directed it, Matt? Who's directed this film? Tommy Lee Wallace. Come on, kids. Yes, dude. Did you watch Halloween 3 for St. Patrick's Day? Do you want to? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> you did? I, I didn't. Oh, okay. I meant to, but I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't either, actually. But I, I, I do a, like a thing where I put a quote up in my classroom, and the quote was from Halloween 3 for St. Patrick's Stop Day. It. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Is that your quote? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was like uh, it was actually from the commercial. It was like uh, uh, watch the magic pumpkin, 
something. Oh, like that. so yeah, kids anyway. had to, did they know, did you tell, tell them what it was? I showed them the scene. I showed them the scene, uh, the test scene where they're, where the kid dies. Oh, that's the, great. Oh, it's great. Did they love so it? I showed, they were freaking out. It were was, they really? Uh, it was, yeah, a little bit. This my seventh graders were because I teach. Dude, them you showed schoolers. seventh graders that scene. Yeah, I are did. you allowed? Oh, uh, sure, I can do whatever. I'll make you win the teacher of the year award for that, dude. <laughs> okay, I will say this though: I did wear my silver shamrock novelties um, fright rags T-shirt to school yesterday. I'm wearing down. mine right now. Matt. I wore mine I to dress down sweater. in school, baby. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I wore mine for dress down day oh, you on did? Friday. That's oh, so funny. We should have yeah, posted, warm, dude. I know we both should have. We're idiots, but anyway. All right, let's get back to Fright Night Part 2, Maddie. Um, so, Matt, one thing I love about this film is the vampires in this movie. Yes. They're like, uh, they seem to be like cousins of the Lost Boys, right? <laughs> they're like they're like right out of like a rock music video of like the late 80s, right? They're like so great. They're all like their own unique characters, you know? They really are. And, Matt, we even get Uncle Rico rep <laughs> reprising his role as a werewolf. Yes. And, Matt, do you remember the other movie that he played a werewolf in? No. You don't? Wait, Uncle oh, Rico. Uncle Rico. I, I've stumped Maddie. Matt, do you remember a little movie called The Monster Squad? Holy crap. Yeah, that was the year before right? this. Yeah. Two, he's playing a werewolf in two movies <laughs> back to back, dude. Back Isn't that back. crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. He's like typecast. You think after that, he was like, I don't want to play a werewolf ever again. Uh, but I love that actor. It's great. And there's some great moments that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, so let's talk about the main vampire. Okay. What's her name? Regine. 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 It's uh, the girl from um, uh, that Carpenter film um, with Sam Neill. Which one? Um, oh, oh. In the Mouth of yes, Madness. Yes, correct. It's her. That's right. That's her. Yes, Holy that shit. Is her. I just realized that. Julie. Um, I forget her name. But yeah, that's her. Oh, my God. He's the one that travels. He travels. Styles her, or right? whatever her name was in that movie. Yes. Holy shit. That's her, dude. dude. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. That's insane. You just blew my mind a little but bit. But you listened to her voice because she had a very unique voice if you listen to In the Mouth, in the mouth of Madness. It was kind of like soothing, yes. right? Sort of, yeah. A little smoky, Charlie. a little, yeah, more yes. like Catherine, um, what's her name from uh, from Romancing the Stone? Kathleen Turner. Oh, like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. that. Not that smoky, yes. but like smokier. Not that smoky, yes. but yeah, very sexy, you yes. know? So, uh, so we find that Charlie, Charlie actually is seduced by Regine, right? And and she's supposed to be Jerry Dandridge's sister, correct? She is. She's Jerry. Yes. Yeah. That's, that turns out to be a minor twist, I guess, in the film. But. Yes, minor twist. So sorry if I spoiled that for you if you haven't seen this. And it, this movie's really hard to find. Well, right, Mike, Matt? can we talk about that for a second? Can we take a yes, slight detour because it. this is no, no. I know you want to get there, and I know what you're gonna you're gonna talk about because this movie. Would would had high hopes to do really well, right, Matt? Oh, it's I, it feels so big budget. It's look, it looks beautiful. Like it's it's amazing looking. Like you're like, wait a minute, this is like what they made this eight million dollar movie that never got released. Yeah, but it was it was on like it was gonna do really well. It was. Like they had the production company was gonna put a lot behind it, and then what happened, Matt? Well, Live Entertainment, which was a part of the release of uh, the distribution and release of this film. Uh, the yep. head of live entertainment at the time was was a guy named Jose Menendez. And if you remember anything about means. history and, and killings and, mm -hmm. and 2020 episodes that you've probably seen, the two oh, Menendez yeah. brothers, uh, Lyle mm -hmm. and Eric, end up killing their old man. And their mother. And the mother. They're both of their yep. parents. And uh, thus, this movie was, it, it basically, this film died with Menendez. Matt, not only it I showed on two screens, this. I think, or something insane like that. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, it was like a straight to a VHS kind of thing. But um, what's crazy is they had a meeting. Tommy yes, Lee Wallace, they did had a meeting the day before. Exactly. 
and they talked about the marketing plan for this film, yep. and it was like high hopes they across the nation. Great, yep. And then the next day, that's when the All brothers the way killed the their parents. Oh my god! Yep, unbelievable. So crazy stuff there. Um, so let's get back to it. So we got Uncle Rico. We've got Regine. Um, so she's come back to get revenge, right, for the death of her brother. Yes. Um, and she's kind of after Charlie. And I think her plan is to sort of torture him a little bit, right? Like, yeah, torture him a little bit and turn him into a vampire. Yeah, I'm gonna kill I you guess. slow, boy, because you you killed yeah. my brother. And yeah. So there's that one scene where she sort of seduces him and she sticks like, like he cut himself shaving, but she sticks like one fang into his cut yes. or something. It's very strange. It was. It was seductive yeah, in she a like way too. she licks the one tooth. You know, it's just very like sort of subtle and, you know, seductive, like you said. You know, it's pretty interesting. Mike, can we talk about Regine um, for one second? I, I, yeah. The reason I mentioned the girlfriend before Alex is because mm-hmm. I was so taken with how adorably cute she was that yeah. Regine just didn't have that power over me like i wasn't taken right. with her enough yeah to, be, to buy into like well charlie's really like you have he has everything with alex like i get that the, it's the whole glamoring thing and the vampire can control you right but i, I would have been like no sorry i got a hot i got this girl and she's way hotter than you and <laughs> i'm yeah. good like, I, you know what i mean i kind of disagree with you and and i'll i'll prove a point in the opening scene where where charlie and alex are like making out in the car which is really like a sloppy kiss it's a little disgusting <laughs> Um, it's just a lot of noises. The sound guy must have been, you know, right up in there, you know. Um, but there's that scene where uh, Regine's on the roof of the car, which is a really cool shot. Yes, like pan it's up amazing. And she's on the roof it's and awesome. she's sort of like tapping with her nail yes. or something like that. But then she does like a little power trip, right, where she sort of like places her face on Alex's face. Yes. And in that scene, like watching it, I remember back back in the day, I was sort of like – as soon as it switched, I was like, uh, I got like a little excited. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. oh, oh you know, Mike. What? It, so I, I kind of disagree. All right, with you. I, hey, that's I'm, fair. I'm into regime. That's fair. You're yeah, into regime. I'm good. into Alex. But Mike, what is yeah, it? Too much good. to ask zone. that they couldn't just what? put like um, the Silver Shamrock theme on the radio while they're driving. Could they just stop, that would have been right? Awesome. Just stick that in there. Like it's a, an opportunity yeah. right there, right? Or they drive by like a costume shop and those something. masks are in the window yes. or something. I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. So, Matt, in the middle of the movie, I like this. This movie kind of becomes once bitten for a little bit, <laughs> where it's like bouncing between Peter's new girlfriend, Alex, and Regine. There's like this whole like back and forth between the two of them, like almost like fighting for for uh, for for Charlie. You know what I mean? Well, it's what I love like is that Charlie's thing. actually the one becoming a vampire slowly. I think that's an amazing yes. plot device. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool part a of the cool movie. Twist and a cool yeah, like you said, a little plot you know, sort of device that they're using yes. to make this movie a little different, you know, and I'm sure Tommy Lee Wallace had a big part in that saying, we got to, we got to do something different here for this film. Um, so Matt, my favorite scene of this movie, and I, I don't know if you remember this is like the bowling alley vampire werewolf fun and game scene yes. where they like go to the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, dude. And what's his Just name? Uh, what's the guy's name that, that actor, his name's Bosworth. He's like the, um, he's like the Renfield, I guess. Of the he group, definitely is know? Renfield. He's, yes. Because he's not a vampire, right? He's just like a human that's sort of like, is like their caretaker. He's kind of exactly. like, what's his name in, in the original Fright Night? Yep. Um, but he's the, the guy who answers like, the door or whatever and everything. Yes, exactly. But that guy is, so, it ends uh, up being, a, that guy is a vampire though, isn't he? Is he? In the end of this? No, in the end of the original Fright Night, that guy, they take that guy out on the staircase, don't they or something? Oh no, that guy becomes a vampire. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was getting confused. I thought you were talking about Bosworth. No. I'm like, I don't, yeah. But anyway, I love when uh, the werewolf pranks him and like he's like up comes from the um, from the ball return comes like one of the guy's heads and then Bosworth's like ah! he gets scared and he like runs away. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so funny. Um, 
there's definitely some holes in this movie, you know, including the therapist that becomes a vampire. I don't really know if you know what happened. Like, I don't really understand. So I you're kinda spoiling like, away here, Mike. So that that's... I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little bit. And I'm sorry for that. But I feel like it's worth talking about because I don't really understand how that happened. I think that was a late, know... late development of some reason. I do for some reason. You know, I think they it's like, just do we like, need to twist. throw another twist yeah, in there just for, for the hell of yeah, it kind of kind thing. Of. But there's no explanation. That's the part. I'm like, was this guy a vampire the whole time or? I don't think so. Get- I think Regine got to, again, she's fucking with Charlie. So she's figuring out every way to kind of get to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just wasn't explained very well. So it was a little confusing, you know? Um, but so I, I'm going to wrap this up, Matt. Is, is this as good as the first Fright Night? Absolutely no. not. It's no way. You know, the first Fright Night just captured something that was just amazing. But it, it's still in the world of Fright Night, and I feel like a lot of my picks tonight are going to be because they're in the world of these movies that we love and we're they're so close to our heart, you know? So it's in the world of Fright Night, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? It's 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 all good. Oh, so, dude, I, I really enjoy this movie a lot. If you haven't, especially those people that haven't discovered this yet, because it's hard to find. It was hard to find it's for really years. It's really hard to find. Do you own it, man? No. I have the DVD. Oh, you do? Yeah, which is really rare. I, you know, I was looking. It's it's pretty tough to find. So Again, I'm I will like, say to people so that you can see a pretty good version of this on YouTube. I, I'm not even kidding you. That's you cool. Can find it. That's good. Um, With some ads, there you go. It, it it's worth. I mean, it's so good. It's it's definitely not the original Fright Night, but no. Ragsdale's there. Roddy McDowell's there. It's yeah. really really good. It really is. Yeah. It's a worthy sequel. And worthy yeah. to bring up. I'm so glad you brought it up on this because if I didn't, I would have been, we've been kicking ourselves afterwards. Like, oh, we should have mentioned that Absolutely. one. Death has this grand design. The end. What did you see? It's just the beginning. Being alive after we were supposed to die caused a rift in death's design. On January 31st. Now we have to fight this thing. The next chapter. I control my life! We'll leave you. Final destination. I hope you're ready for this. Rated R. Starts Friday, January 31st. Yes, absolutely. So, according to the guy on the uh, television news show, Mike, at the beginning, death has this grand design that we all fit into. Mm. And death as the main character, Mike, it's, it's the most high concept you could possibly get, right? Oh, my God. It totally. should go wrong, like in all ways. But you watch yes. the original Final Final Destination, you're like, damn, that movie is so good. It's a thriller. It's a it's a thrill ride. It's gross. It's got these great horror set pieces. And here we are hit with another one, the second one. And how in the world are they going to top that plane explosion from the first movie? Oh well, here's gosh. how, Mike. This Holy film shit. does it with a spectacular opening scene car accident set piece. You know, they've seen the memes where the, the car, you know, this person hasn't seen Final Destination or, you know, the, stand, the person parked behind or, or waiting at the yeah, light the, behind the, the log truck. truck. With all the logs, yeah. yeah. So, oh my God. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's penetrated, you know, cu- the culture in a big way. It, it, it's a horror set piece to top all horror set pieces. This editing should have won Oscars. It's that good in the beginning of this movie. Oh, it's so good. Um, production design by Michael Bolton. By the way, not that Michael oh. Bolton. Oh, oh it's I not that. supposed to live. <laughs> True. Anyway, uh, uh, these people, how are they supposed to live at all? No, the car piling up in front of them. Every character could bust into the chorus, Mike, of that. But, you know, <laughs> because everyone seems to be dying. I love the way the director, I think his name was, his name is David Ellis. He, he builds like real suspense in this, in this scene. Oh my God, he's the master. I mean, dude. it is crazy. Look at, look at the master class at this opening scene, Mike. I broke it down. Okay, Kimberly leaves brake fluid on the driveway. 
right? Mm-hmm. She breaks and nearly crashes into the car on the on-ramp. Yep. The homeless lady pounds on Kim's window and has her own accident as the bag rips and her aluminum cans scatter all over the road, right? As a little foreshadowing. Right. Uh, the cop violently uh, vibrating coffee cup in his, in his, um, you know, in his coffee holder there and spills yep. on him. The team bus with the sign that says, smoke their butts, demolish oh the Mustangs. All this foreshadowing, yeah. all this suspense, right? Yep. The, ch- the players are chanting, pile up, pile up, pile up. Oh, my God. The radio DJ announcing the candlelight vigil to commemorate the one-year anniversary of Flight 180 tragedy from the first movie. I mean, whoever Crazy. thought of this thought of everything. Yep. What comes on the radio, Mike? What song? Highway to hell. <laughs> exactly, dude. Uh, the kid in the little car next to him smashing his toy truck and his car together. In slow motion, right? <laughs> That's right. Here, I'm going to still go here. This is amazing. It's it's breathtaking to watch all of these pieces, and you're like, "Where's it? Where's this going?" Like, I have this uncomfortable feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I can't believe it. And then all hell breaks loose, right? I mean, you're gasping, you're breathless, like it's gutted you as you're watching all this unfold. And then just when you think it's going to end, it keeps going. And the violence and the vehicles just keep piling up. And you're like, Jesus, yep. I need to catch my breath. And you just can't. Um, and the rest of the film, even after that uh, opening set piece, is so well paced, too. I really, I the pacing of this film is, is really impeccable. Um, all the subsequent deaths are elaborately set up. We're captivated by this Rube Goldberg um, setup and, you know, and of all these deaths, yeah. right? Of each scene, how they're basically constructed. They're not even just shown. They're constructed. Right. Um, the accident in the field, Mike. Holy crap. Do you remember that scene? I don't remember that one. And the way nobody dies it. initially, but then it leads to the young kid almost being run over and the news van hits the rock and it punctures the gas tank and the gas starts leaking down. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous how everything just keeps going and going and going and it's going. It's so smart how they make you think, oh, this is what's going to kill them or kill the person. And it just goes on to the next thing. You know what I mean? It's it's genius. It, it is genius. And the ending is so absurd and wonderful and, the, and just the sickest way imaginable. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil oh. it. Um, but just go watch it. You've probably seen this, but you, you probably forgot how damn thrilling this movie is. And you it's, really it's worth a rewatch it. yes. for sure. I, I do own yeah, this one absolutely. on Blu-ray, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I have the set. Which well, how many nice. are in the set, by the way? Five or four? Uh, I think I had to four, and then I had to buy five separately. Yeah, we got to talk about that someday. That's one of my favorites in the whole series, yeah. actually. So there you go. Awesome. All right, so that's my number four, Mike, Final Destination Part nice. 2. What do you have for number four? All right, Matt, so we're going to go part Gremlins meets Funhouse <laughs> with uh, a little sprinkling of Hack-O-Lantern, and we're going to talk <laughs> about a little movie called Ghoulies 2. <laughs> The carnival's back in town with all your old favorites. The Ferris wheel, the roundup, the octopus, beautiful girls, the spook house, bumper cars, and a special added attraction. It's got ghoulies too. Before they kill again, $1,000. Any man who brings me one alive. 
thought it was safe to go back into the bathroom. Ghoulies 2. They'll get you in the end again. Ghoulies 2. So we have never talked about this movie, Matt, right? I don't think. Shame on us. Uh, I Mike, know. after I watched this, I'm like, you better have this at number one or two. I <laughs> absolutely love this movie. I've, you know what? I haven't seen this since high school, I believe. And now that I've rewatched it, I'm How like, How fun this is this is movie? Be, it's so fun. And I'm like, this is like going to be, I got to make a tradition out of this. We got to watch this, you know, maybe a summertime watch for me because the whole, you know, the whole carnival, carnival. thing. But oh. oh, this movie, Matt, it's Mike, so just, great. Mike, just the tagline, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the bathroom. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I'll, we'll talk about it. But the whole bathroom thing never really happened in the first one, right? No, it that did was not. Like a, no. no, that that's was why like they, they had to, they had to the make cover. it right in this one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, so the, the kind of the just a brief synopsis here. We got Larry and Uncle Ned, right? They're driving a truck to an amusement park because they work at this amusement park. And within that amusement park, they're in charge of this attraction called Satan's Den. So is Uncle right? is Uncle Ned the guy, the grandfather in Hackalander? Is this where you're going with this, or is he not? Is this is kind of the vibe I was getting <laughs> a little bit. You know what I mean? He didn't have a, a he's not a Satanist, but he, he's a drunk. No, he's not a Satanist, but he could have been. But he's working at a place called Satan's True. Den. So. There's the connection. Um, so somehow they stop at this repair shop, and then the four uh, ghoulies get in, or demons or whatever, get in and hide in the truck, right? And then that's how they get to this amusement park, yes. right, this carnival. Uh, and they kind of hide inside Satan's den, okay? And then there's, like, an arrogant owner, right, this, like, son of this guy, and he's sort of like, uh, what's his name, like, P. Harding or something like that, and he's he's threatening to fire the employee. Yeah, he's every rich douche and, son that you've ever met that owns, that his totally, father owns the company, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And we've got the awesome, uh, I don't know the, the proper term. I think he's a dwarf, Matt. He yeah, the short Sir man. Nigel, Sir Nigel Penny, Pennyweight. Mike, <laughs> spouting Shakespeare the whole movie. I love it. I love it. Just when Come you thought on, this movie couldn't get better, we have ghoulies, right? We have great awesome. little creatures. We have, we have a short man spouting Shakespeare. I love him, dude. He's so great <laughs> in this movie. Um, I looked him up on IMDb. He's done a ton of shit, yes. too. That's what's funny. Um, so anyway, so Larry's got a girlfriend, Nicole, and like, he thinks that Nicole's sleeping with the, 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 the douchey guy. It's just, there's so many little character intricacies in this movie. Yes. That's just so fun. But the greatest part, right, is obviously these ghoulies inside Satan's den. And we have this awesome. Yeah, they're hiding in the, in the uh, fun house, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Matt, what I love about this movie is just how light and fun it is. You, you know me and what movies I kind of enjoy, and this is definitely one of them. Um, you, you definitely, you can't take this movie too seriously. If you watch it now, you have to go in just knowing that it's just going to be fun and goofy and just you you got to go in saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to expect this to be, you know, some serious uh, horror <laughs> film. It's not. Do you know who did the creature um, effects, by the way? Uh, was it the Kyoto brothers? It's John Carl Buechler, dude. Friday Seven. Oh, Buechler. Yes. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. That's so cool. Um, didn't it remind you of the old Kiss movie, Kiss Me Phantom, Phantom a little bit? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Just with the with the the inside of of Satan's yes. den, like just the, the the effects and like the the little scares they have in there, it totally reminded me of that. I thought it was great. Um, so growing up, I love going through dark rides. You know, I still do. Of course. 
Um, and I, I just like this movie better than Ghoulies One because Definitely. of the location and the and the connection of the characters, right? But the location, I especially. completely agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, it's like the reason why I love movies like Killer Clowns and Funhouse. It's the relationship of the characters and how they're working hard to keep Satan's den alive inside this carnival that makes me want to stay with the story. You know what I mean? It's just like you you care about these characters. Absolutely. Like, even though they're like these, they're not these great characters, but you're just like, these characters are fun and they're awesome. You just want things to go well for them, you yep. know? Um, and the ghoulies are all sort of their own individual creatures and characters themselves, you know, like one's kind of like a cat that like meows, yep. you know, they're, they're just all kind of fun and they're unique. Right. And they all do their own thing. Um, I, I just, I just love this, you know, like I said, a million times Satan's den is so cool. It makes it so fun. Um, and, and I love like how the patrons go in and, and they start getting attacked. And it's part of the show, the, right? The it, they think it's part of the yes. show, but then they start getting attacked, and then they make some of them the bodies, like the dead bodies, part of the show too. It's so cool, oh, dude. I that, love it. I have to say, as light as this is, though, that first murder scene at the carnival, that girl oh Patty, my gosh, yes, it's menacing. Yes. I mean, it they is. tackle it her, really and then each is. one kind of bites her, and they they hold her hands, and yes. it's like a rape scene almost. Don't they go after her ankles? And the or way the like one kind of like shuffles up on on top of her, like up to like where her, it's 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 eerie, dude. Yeah, with the switch, really he has is. like the, he's holding like the straight razor switchblade thing, and he's kind of yes. like sauntering up her body while the other ones are holding her down. Yeah, it's like holy oh, yeah. crap, man! This is yeah, it, it is superior. It's, really it's definitely superior to the original. I, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So for me, Matt Ghoulies Two is actually the movie more memorable than the original Ghoulies film, and more importantly, we get that promise of the premise in part two with that awesome scene, as we talked about at the beginning of the ghoulie coming out of the toilet. That scene's great, where the the owner's sitting on it and he just starts screaming because we see the ghoulie in there. Mike, I love it, Mike, man. you didn't so. mention that Sasha Jensen Brady is in this movie. That's right. I forgot to talk about that. Sasha Jensen is in this movie. He's like one of the punk kids, right? That goes yeah, Sasha Jensen is like, is like the you know, rec, you know, resident asshole. Yes, exactly. And he and his friends kind of are like trashing it and, and like, you know, and playing it like, oh, this isn't scary. This sucks and everything. And Yeah. But um, he's, a, he's, a, he's going through Satan's Den before his shift at uh, Vincent Drug. And my favorite line in the movie, Mike, is Patty. She goes, have you seen my little Muffy? And the guy, one, one guy goes, who hasn't? And she goes, my cat asshole. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's another taste. It's a second of horror. The fight is back. You can't go in there. Let's just go get help. Well, who are we going to call? Critter Busters? Critters 2. The main course. Rated PG-13. Now playing at a theater near you. So, Mike, we're going to go from Ghoulies 2 to the second best Gremlins knockoff, which is Critters 2, the main course from 1988. <laughs> nice. So, dude, great small-town horror. I know we talked about small-town horror before. Um, we probably need to get back to that circle back at some yeah. point. Um, we could mm -hmm. talk about that forever. Great horror comedy. Great creature movie. The same, same you know, things that, that Ghoulies 2 is. But mark right. your calendar, Mike. I'm warning you. <laughs> I'm blessing you, actually. I'm not warning you. You know you've waited your whole life searching high and low for an Easter horror film, Mike, and now you have one. That's right. Okay, yeah. I found it for you. This is your annual Easter film. This is your film habit for Easter. I demand 
that you watch this every Easter from now on. You got This it, is man. the you dream warriors of the Critters series. <laughs> the, where the first one is like, it has like its B-level schlock, but it still tries to be somewhat serious sci-fi, if you will, a creature feature. This yes. Critters 2 has no such pretensions whatsoever. It, <laughs> its subtitle is the main course, for Christ's sake. If that doesn't give you a, a, a giant neon flashing sign that says, well, don't take this seriously, um, that, that would tell you. Its only goal is to entertain you, Mike, and I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you've seen this or how many times you've seen this. I, I think it's probably been once or twice. I'm going to say it life, again. But... YouTube, free with ads. Everyone, go there. Oh, look at that. Um, Interesting. I checked this week, and it's still there. Um, awesome. Debut feature film from Mick freaking Garris was the yes. director of this film, okay? Awesome. Before this, we know he was part of Steven Spielberg's uh, Amazing Stories world um, as it. a film director, as, as a TV director, but this was his favorite first feature. Brings all the small-town charm and Amblin humor from Spielberg's universe, and he utilizes it. Honestly, again, I'm going to say this about Critters 2. I like this one actually better than the original as well, and I yeah. think you will too. Nice. Um, yeah. It's, and it's Critters 2. It has no right to be this much fun. The same as Ghoulies 2. They have no goddamn right to be this fun. They just don't. <laughs> Scott freaking Grimes, Mike, stars, stars in this movie. Remember Scott Grimes, the redheaded kid? He's like Mike Seaver's friend or something, or he shows up somewhere on one of those 80s oh, sitcoms. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, he typically plays like bullies and stuff, right? Either that or like the, 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 the best friend who is just like kind of like, okay. you know, hey, yeah, gotcha. you know, it's like a, like a poor man's redheaded Michael J. Fox who never was even remotely close to what Michael J. Fox was. Right. Um, he returns to visit uh, his grandmother for Easter vacation. And, you know, he's been, he was in the first film and he's been gone for two years. Two years have passed since the events of the original. And Grover's Bend, what a great town name. For a small town in the middle of nowhere. Oh my God! Yeah, that's awesome. It's been calm, it's like Mike. Steve, it's like Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, very much. Kind of, it should. Yeah. It's like the name of a TV show, almost, right? Grover's Bend. It could be like a show. Me and you <laughs> yeah, are writing it right too. now. As soon as I leave this podcast yeah, is over, I'm going to start episode one. Yeah. <laughs> you start the pilot, Mike, and we'll send the doc back and forth, and we'll just get it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but everything's been quiet, and uh, turns out, Mike, there are still some of these crate eggs that were not quite destroyed from the first film. Mm-hmm. So you have these bounty hunters that were flying home because they thought everything was done. Um, and you had these two guys, Ugg and Lee. Get it, Mike? Ugg, Lee. We're not pulling any punches with the, how ridiculous this is. They turned their freaking spaceship around mid-flight because they find out uh, their, their computer, you know, their, their superior tells them that there are still eggs left and they got to go back to Earth and destroy them. And mm-hmm. I, I spent the first 30 minutes of this film convinced that Ugg, the lead bounty hunter, was, was, I thought he was Hugh Laurie, the guy who played House on TV, the doctor. Right. I, I, but yeah. it's not him, but I, I spent the last... It's not. It looks it just does. like him. Or I, I thought maybe it could be Tim Curry, too. I'm like, is it Tim Curry? <laughs> is it Hugh Laurie? I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And it was neither of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually a bounty hunter named Charlie. He's the ex-town drunk from the first film. And he's kind of like, okay. he was taken on by these real bounty hunters. And he's kind of like the, you know, he's not, the, he's not a real bounty hunter because he doesn't have any special powers or anything. But right. he carries himself like all like confident now and he's like one of them and they've adopted him and he kind of was going home to space and to live with them anyway. Because it's better than being yeah. a drunk in a small town. Right. Um, so anyway, Mike, lame, right? Where like where people are write the reviews. I mean, if you ever read reviews on IMDB or even like regular reviews, people are like, so lame. Where's the story? This makes no sense. Like, what are these fucking idiots trying to prove by putting like these scathing reviews about these movies? These movies are fun. 
put away your goddamn analytical lens and just watch it and have fun. Yeah, just like I said with, exactly. with movies. Don't take it too seriously. Just enjoy like it. If you're trying to poke holes in the logic or timeline of this movie, there's really you're missing a lot from your life. You have nothing else going on in your life whatsoever. Um, and you don't deserve it anyway, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all we ever ask, me and you, Mike. This is, this is the kind of stuff, this is what we ask for in a movie. This is what we want, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're, want, if you're watching a scene where a faceless bounty hunter, Lee, he looks at a Playboy magazine, and he turns and transforms into the, go- the gorgeous centerfold model that he's looking at in the magazine. <laughs> he actually takes on the appearance of what he's looking at or whatever. That's awesome. It's amazing. So, so now this bounty hunter has become, he's, he was faceless, and now he's this beautiful model. So he shows up at Earth, and they get back there, and it's the Playboy centerfold in this, like, leather studs with, like, your boobs hanging, practically hanging out. It's a PG-13 movie, but it's still a little racy because there was actually a, a topless yeah. scene at, at one point. Um, right. But, I mean, if you're watching that, and you're not amused and entertained, and you're poking holes in it somehow that it's not not logical or something. You're in the wrong freaking place. Clearly, <laughs> you know you're not. You, you you got lost on the way to Grover's Brand, and you just ended up there by accident. Way better better special effects than you would ever expect in a in a movie like this. Like I said, this, this is eighty eighty eight, I think. Okay. Um, gruesome at times for PG thirteen. It's it's got some hard hitting uh, special effects, kind of gross. Um, you know, to so keep the gore hounds around, but. Lighthearted and fo- this is where the Amblin part comes in, Mike. This is why I think you're gonna. This movie's gonna stick with you. Is that it okay. does have that lightheartedness. It does have like a good feel good kind of a thing. It is a lot of fun. So I want you to watch this, and I want you to get back to the podcast about this because I want you to. I want to see if you really like this. Is something that was because this seems like a Mikey Boylan approved movie. It definitely does. Cool. I'll definitely I'll get it ready for next month, and I'll we'll talk about it. In my horse spotlight. That, that would be awesome because you could see Gremlins. Nice. You could see the Ghostbusters influence. But it's neither of those things. It has its own thing, and I, I just love everything about it. Um, I have just a feeling that you're going to be watching this, you know, the, over the next couple of Easter's, and you're like, oh, man, and the Ghoulies, too, get too. That's going to become a regular watch for me, I think. I'm going to have to throw that in the rotation somehow because it's... That's awesome. I'm always looking for that film habit. Man. Seriously. So, so ghoul, these are... I'm telling you, Ghoulies, too, and Critters, too, we're talking really highly about these movies, but they're just... They're one of this, we didn't know what we were, look, like, that we were missing, kind of. Like, it was just like this fun little thing that exists out there. Instead of watching yeah. some new movie on Shutter that kind of sucks and is depressing, I'd rather watch this. You know what I mean? Right, right. No offense. I mean, I, I want to I discover yeah. new things too, and I'm not saying I'm going to tune myself off to that. But, yes. I mean, I know what I'm going to fall back on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, That's and the great. DP for this, Mike, hilariously. <laughs> oh, he only, he only shot Titanic and Avatar The Way of Water. I mean, no what? big deal. He went on to, yeah, no big deal. James Cameron uses him. Um, so Mick Garris had him first, I guess. Holy shit. So kind of cool, man. But that's Critters 2, the main course, and just have a great time. I had a great time with this one. That was my number three. Hey, little buddies, come gather round. Listen, here's the very best kitten in town. A hungry heifer's place to be. A lip-licking good. What's your number three, Mike? So, Matt, my number three um, is going to be a movie that I really like. So, Matt, my number three is going to be a movie that I really like. <laughs> Matt, so my number three is going to be a movie that I really like. <laughs> I'm in a loop, Matt. You are, and I know where you're going with this now. <laughs> oh, Maddie. So we're going to talk about Happy Death Day to you. Yes. <gasps> no way. It's Monday the 18th. Again. I was stuck reliving the same day. I thought I ended the loop. But he's back. This time, 
the killer is coming after all of us. If I die again, I could stay dead. Our old friend Christopher Landon. Yes, the love him. So the original original Happy Death Day was a breath of fresh air, Matt. I don't know. Hundred percent. I love that it movie. Was, yeah, yeah. It was kind of brought to us by. It was brought to us by my new favorite director, uh, Chris Landon. You know, as as you and I just talked about, he's has great. a film on Netflix right uh, so, now. Yes, I haven't. We finished have a ghost. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, I started watching it. It was super fun, and then. My wife wasn't into it. Kathleen wasn't into it. Very lighthearted and very light. For the horror people, it might not click, but it's almost like a family film you could watch with your... No, I think it's definitely more family-oriented. But I liked it. I I, I didn't see the whole thing myself, but I started watching it. I really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, I'm excited. David Harbour, it's so cool that he's in it. It's great, yeah. Uh, So Chris Landon does done some amazing stuff. Freaky, you know, he does really cool, really unique things and takes things in different directions. So he took the concept of, of Groundhog's Day and made it a slasher film with the original Happy Death Day, yep. right? Uh, which if you haven't seen it, you definitely need to. It's a great, great film, super fun. Uh, mostly fun and partly scary. Uh, Happy Death Day checked all of my boxes, Matt. Fun premise, fun characters, good mystery, cool creative kills, and a reveal that had me guessing until the end. Uh, really good, again, it. a good so, balance between scary and and fun. Like I, I definitely think there are some genuine scares in the first Happy Death Day. This one definitely oh, turns yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah, and that mask. Oh man. my god! You no, know, I I you own do. that mask. I love it. I love that mask. I love the just that, that just it was super creative so to see because a lot of films do that like slasher thing, and they just don't have a good mask or a good costume. So Chris did a great job with that too, and tying it into the whole college. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? It's it's pretty awesome. So, happy death day to you. Let's get to our film. Matt continues the story of Tree Carter and his buddy Ryan, um, but we are given a twist right at the beginning. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm spoiling so much. Yeah, but tonight, if it's in Matt, the beginning, it's okay. Yeah, if it's in the beginning, I'll say that. So instead of Tree having her days looped, it's now Ryan, who's Carter's friend, who's kind of reliving yes, a day, yes. right? And it sort of starts that way, which is really, really cool how they kind of get into that. So um, I remember I was when I was writing my notes, Matt, I remembered listening to Chris Landon on the, the screenwriter's the podcast. Screenwriting pod. Yes. Yeah. And he was, he, I remember they were talking about Happy Death Day. It was when the movie came out and he was talking about the screenplay and how he came up with the story and wrote it with that friend of his and stuff. Um, and he, he revealed at the end that he had a reason why Tree was looping, uh, you know, over and over again. Because like in the first movie, they don't really explain that, right? It's just like a, a thing that's right. happening, right? You think it's just like a fate kind of thing. You don't really know. But I remember he said that. And immediately I was like, what? What is he talking about? I want to know, you know? And I realize now he was talking about this movie. He had this movie in his yes. head already, you know, which was really, really smart. So um, I just remember that. like, And it kind of reminded me when I was a kid. And I'm sure you remember this. After we saw Halloween 4, Matt, when you were a kid... There was an article in Fangoria about Halloween 5 coming out. Right away. Um, I don't know if you ever saw this this uh, Fangoria. Not right away, but it was like after they like made the movie. And it was like they didn't really – it was one of those like teaser articles where they didn't like say the plot or anything, but they had all these like images. And we saw like Michael Myers back, and I was just like, how the fuck are they going to connect 4 right. to 5? You know what I mean? And I was like obsessed, you know? So that's kind of like how I felt when Chris Landon talked about how he kind of knew – 
you know, why she was looping. And he sort of had a plan for the next movie. That's amazing. You know, which was super cool. Yeah, it was great. So happy death day to you. Um, we get a little more sci-fi than slasher, but mostly sci-fi. It's fine, though. And I'm it's okay fun. with that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's kind of the original gang and a few new friends try to figure out how to get Tree kind of back to uh, to the life that she knew, right? Uh, she's kind of like in a new version of Bayfield University where she goes right. to school, right? Uh, so some favorite scenes when they go to the basketball game and they try to like be safety in numbers kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if you remember that scene. And then what, when, they, when the guy's like goes, the salmon swimming upstream, everyone's walking one way and the, oh, it's every, amazing yes, that's scene. It. Love that scene. It's wow. really well shot. The lights are kind of like, you know, it's flickering beauty, yeah. and stuff. It's like really, really creepy, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, I, lo I also love the humor of all the ways Tree resets the day by killing herself, <laughs> including, I don't know if you remember this one, Matt. This one's so good. She's kind of jealous because, uh, not spoiling too much, but her boyfriend's sort of seeing somebody yes. else. <laughs> and she goes up in a plane and she has a bikini <laughs> and she jumps out of the plane and I don't know how she lands exactly in front of Carter and this girl making out, uh, just to like just to shock them. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is awesome. I love it's, that. Yeah, it's like great. Oh, it's so good. So if you haven't seen Happy Death Day to you, uh, but you've seen the first one, it's definitely it's a great sequel. I feel like it. It's awesome. Also in the world of those characters that I love. So it was kind of a fun, you know, ride to to go on it again. Even though it was a little more you know, a little more sci-fi than horror. I can I just it. shout out this yeah. film has one of the most beautiful and emotional horror scenes I've ever seen in a movie, in a horror film ever, which is what the scene with really? her mother, when she about? goes to see her mother on oh, a birthday yes. and yes. she's basically yep. saying goodbye to her mother. Cause she's yep. not sure if she's going to make mm -hmm. it back or if she's not going to come back or not. And yeah, get your tissues out. I mean, this scene is the it's, most, it's, it's very it's amazing. It guts you. And like, I'm, I'm serious, like it's perfect in every single way, right down to when the dad brings the birthday cake and she blows out the candle. I mean, it is just, it's, it's so emotional. It's beautiful. I, I, I can't believe it's in the middle of this movie, as a matter of fact, which I, I really know. like this movie, I know. you know, as, as a film. But when you put, this scene is so special and it's, it's like three minutes and it's absolutely like one of the most beautiful, it's so, Christopher Landon must absolutely like isolate this scene and love this scene so much. Oh yeah, it's probably yeah. like one of the reasons he and made the movie or something because it's like, yeah has so I, I much heart. It is. It's and like it, oh my god. But it, you're right. It's like the character development. It's it's just like so well done yeah. in like a a lighthearted right. horror film. You know what I mean? To to put a scene like that in and have it hit so well. You know what I mean? It's pretty Agreed. amazing. And I know there's talks of like a Happy so, Death Day three. I know for a while there was like no, it's it not was talks right away like, about it, and then they, yeah. they they killed it because the second one didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. And it's like it was supposed to be this trilogy, right? Seen, Didn't Landon say that he had a trilogy in his mind that he wanted to do? Yeah. So I, I there's definitely rumblings now again I hope so, of, man. of a third one. So I hope so too. You know he's so writing it. Is this a horror film, Matt? It's not really, but it's a fun film that takes one of my other favorite movies, Back to the Future, and adds a killer to it. So uh, it's okay in my in my book. So there you go. Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> Coming home. Psycho 2. It's starting again. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you.
can't believe we haven't really had a chance to talk about this film, but talk about Sublime. I want to talk about Transcendence. It doesn't surpass the original, I have to say. But how the hell anything could even come close to Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece, Psycho 2 does a damn good job. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best made film by a country mile on my list. I mean, you're comparing it to Critters 2, for Christ's sake. And, um, sure. And, uh, and, and Return <laughs> of the Living Dead Part 2. And Yes. I mean, the term Hitchcockian, Mike, it's thrown around quite frequently. We know this. Uh, it's, a, it's abusive. Yep. But Australian director Richard Franklin, this guy is the real deal in all capital letters. He, he actually mm. earns the Hitchcockian moniker because his films are purely cinematic, just like, you know, Hitch's, The Master of Suspense. If you've ever yeah. seen Road mm -hmm. Games, my God, it's an underappreciated master thriller. Psycho 2 is a sequel. I mean, it gets practically, no one talks about this movie, really. Yeah, um, it's true. It gets no love, but it's an incredible, it's absolutely an incredible achievement. Hitchcock's original film, you know, the, the Bates Motel casts such an enormous shadow that how can you even exist within it or outside it? How could you even dare make another film after that movie? And here comes right. Psycho 2, and it's, it's great enough to exist just outside that, that looming shadow on its own merits completely. Um, I'll say yeah. for this right now up front, I think Anthony Perkins is better in this movie than he was in the original one. His character really? is so developed because he's a killer and he kills people. And as, you know, as mother, we, as mother, we know this from the first film, but he yep. is a likable guy that you're actually rooting for in this movie. And I'm not kidding you. If you haven't seen yeah. this in a while, I'm telling you, this is going to knock you on your ass. Yeah, it's been a while, but I always did sort of enjoy this one. I remember growing up and and really enjoying it and just enjoying the story and just the where it took you. You know what I mean? It was really clever. I mean, it is. It's gonna. I'm telling you, it's gonna knock you on your ass. I mean, listen, listen to these credentials written by Tom okay. Fright Night Holland. We just talked about Fright Night yes. too, right? Well, this yep. is written by Tom Holland. Special visual effects by Albert Whitlock. This guy did so many special effect loops, and he actually did the. Um, the spaceship where they, the actual scene where they walk up and, and he did like a lot of the matte paintings in the thing. Oh, and no way. That's only like the tip of the iceberg, no pun intended there. Um, <laughs> it was shot by Dean Cundy, this, this, this uh, oh, Psycho 2, Mike. Nice. I don't know if you knew that. But our buddy I didn't Dean know that, shot but this. But that's freaking I know, amazing. Dude. Yeah. Music by Jerry Goldsmith. Holy dude. shit. That's awesome. I mean, if you're going to get someone to follow Bernard Herrmann's score, you got to go Goldsmith, right? I mean, just got to. Oh, my God. He's so And we so talked about good, our dude. Friday Night Frights is going to be uh, Poltergeist, which is Jerry Goldsmith's score, obviously. This one yep. is, is fantastic, too. I mean, you have Meg Tilly. You have Dennis, I showed my ass on NYTD Blue TV Friends. <laughs> you have Robert Lozier. This guy's, you remember Robert Lozier, man. This guy showed up in these movies like over the top and shit where he's this like, you know, grandfather, this cranky guy. He's always played like these cranky guys. He's so good in this. Um, yeah, this is such a character piece. It's a showcase for Anthony Perkins. I mean, you know, we lost him too soon, and he was. I yep. mean, this this movie is one of his best roles. I mean, he's such a tremendous talent in this movie. And it, and again, I'm going to say this again. This is Psycho Two. This movie should not work. I mean, right. it shouldn't have been made. Probably, it shouldn't have been conceived. How dare you? Like the greatest horror film of all time, and you're going to try to right, to, right. you know, to make a sequel, but. It's exceptional. I can't. I can't sing its praises enough. It moves at a slow pace. Sure, um, it was made in 1983, and you know, kids today might. You know, the pacing is definitely more our speed than it would have been theirs. But yeah. the suspense just builds, um, and it's it's so engrossing. You know, you're you're engrossed in the minutia of what is the mind of this 
rehabilitated guy because in the first scene he's gets he he gets released. Right. You know, he's in the court. Right. It's this the courtroom is... scene and he and they're saying, you know, here he goes. He goes back into the world. And they even have Vera Miles, the sister of Marion Crane, who in the get killed in the first one. Same actress came back for this, and she's basically trying to fight this. She's like, This guy is still a psycho. He's gonna kill again. You're letting him free. You're nuts. Don't do this. Um, oh my gosh. And again, he's trying in vain to be rehabilitated because we know it's Norm Bates and we know what's gonna happen. It's psycho too. You know, yep. mother's come, mother's not, she's gonna be here. Um, right. So it's consistent, the pace, I think. I think he, Richard Franklin somehow manages to, to pace it like the original was paced kind of in a way, you know? Yeah. It's almost like he stepped in Hitch's shoes, and Dean Cundy's camera work is, is just masterful. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, that this guy, you know, who was Carpenter's right-hand man for, for, you know, for years, oh, that he actually God, got to flex Jesus. his muscles and really, you know, because after, you know, you think about this. I mean, after this, he steps into Back to the Future, doesn't, didn't he lens that? So, oh, I mean, yeah. He was, yeah. He, he was the man in... in Anywhere in you know late seventies, early eighties, um, but that shot of Norman Bates, man, coming into the house and going up the staircase for the first time in twenty-two years. Oh. The way he looks around, uh, it's there's something just it, it, you get chills up your back and you get goose goosebumps on your arms. It's it's unbelievable that this movie even exists, and it's unbelievable that it's this good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's definitely I'm going to rewatch that for sure, Matt. You've just pumped it up big time yeah this so. we have to talk i mean we should find a way to talk about this more even somehow it's just so good maybe i mean it's a 40-year retrospective this year maybe we can do something i don't know yeah that's awesome so that was my number two mike where are you going we're the best we're the beautiful we're the only ghostbusters the wait is over happy new year and the fun's about to begin are we all going back the Ghostbusters are back. It's slime time. Who in the box? Ready to go. We be fast and be slow. Ghostbusters 2. Back. An Ivan Reitman film rated PG. Opens Friday at theaters everywhere. All right, Matt. Number two. So, uh, Matt, the boys are back. Well, <laughs> they're going to have to go through some reconciliation to put the suits back on to play with some pink slime oh, in boy. Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. All right. Yeah, so Ghostbusters 2 picks up a little after a little time, right? The streets of New York have been vacant of Slimer and the other spooks and ghouls, and the boys have all gone their separate ways to make a living, including performing at birthday parties. <laughs> yes, Matt. they are, and the kids hate them. <laughs> Don't the kids want they do. They want or something like, like that? They're like, he Yeah, they want, they want somebody. I think it might be He-Man, actually, or Spider-Man oh, or somebody. Great. So, yes, yep. So the magnet that brings the boys back together is that there's something strange happening to uh, something strange happens to Dana's son, right? Dana, Dana's yes. son when he's it's in a not, stroller. Yeah, it's and, not. It's somebody. Somebody else is the dad, but Bill Murray is kind of like charged with like. Aren't they? Don't the guys kind of like take care? Of, it's almost like three men and a baby almost at one point, isn't it? Yeah, it's it that's kind of plays out that way. But yeah, his trailer goes awry and goes all over the streets, and he almost yeah, he has a stroller scene. And, yes, and then, that's right. Yeah, and then Dana brings in the boys. Uh, doesn't doesn't really ask for Bill Murray, but brings in some of the other boys to come in and investigate. Yes. Right. So mostly uh, Egon, I think she asks for. Yes, definitely Egon. He's the smart yep. one, right? So uh, so then we're introduced to Vigo, the new evil <laughs> spirit guy, right? That is uh, in, trapped in this painting, right? That is overtaking New York City with. A sensitive pink slime that reacts to yelling and uh, also the song Higher and Higher, yes. Maddie. Remember that pink slime? Is that going to be on the mm. list soon? 
<laughs> uh, maybe. It could be. <laughs> not mine. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. it. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm going to leave it for you. I don't you. think I want to take it either, actually. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to let that right. go. Fair care. enough. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know about you, Matt. Did you did you see this in theaters when you I were a did, kid? I did, Mike. I, and I don't. And this is your number two, and I don't want to... I Yeah. I like this movie, but right. I remember being very let down when I saw this in the movie theaters. Oh, I interesting. Was, I, I don't know why. I should have taken it on its own merits, because I'm watching it now. I, it's definitely a fun watch, and I like it a lot. Right. But... I don't know, like five years went by and I just thought they could have done some more with the, I mean, the plot's okay. It's decent, but I don't know the, the Vigo right. character and the whole, it's crazy. Like it's batshit crazy in a way, Yeah. but the, the characters are still great. That's what saves this movie is that you have all the returning characters. They're all fantastic and great. And they make, no matter what yes. the writing is in this movie, they elevate it because right. they're still Peter Venkman and they're still Egon and it's still, it's so, oh, it's, yeah. it still manages to hold together. Yep. Yeah, it's I, I I can see that. I had friends that weren't really into it, but you know, I was excited to see this movie when I was a kid because you know I'm sure you were too. We we're so passionate about the first yeah. Ghostbusters, right? Like so many kids were, right? The toys, everything that went with it. It was just like it was huge. I was great you know? to see him on screen again, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was kind of like the perfect sequel to the already awesome film that we got in the first one because we got all the guys back, like you said, you know, and they're they're all kind of doing the same thing. They're fighting against another huge threat yes. to the city. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't, for me as a kid, it didn't feel like a washed down version of what we saw in the first one. It still felt pretty powerful and significant. Um, all the humor and the action of the first kind of was about the same for me. Um you know, and building till the climax and having the boys do it all again, you know, it was, it was cool. Um, I, you know, some, the one weak part I, I'll agree with you is that Vigo wasn't really the, the he was definitely a weaker version of Gozer, oh, yeah. you know? Uh, but as a kid, I was generally freaked out by Vigo when he would come, you know, when he would talk to, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Genos yes. or whatever. Or I, yeah. He would talk to him. Like I was kind of freaked as a kid by, I was definitely scared of Vigo a little bit. Um, I, but the comedy, Matt, is definitely something that's coming through on my list a little bit and with this movie oh, yeah. especially. There's some classic <laughs> lines in this film uh, that totally captured, you know, the, the the characters that we've, you know, that we know and we love. So one of my favorites is uh, Egon's talking to Ray and Egon says, my parents didn't, didn't believe in toys. And then Ray says, you mean you never even had a slinky? <laughs> and Egon says, we had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. <laughs> I love great. it. And then just like, and then one of the lines that just gets you pumped that me and my friends used to say all the time when we would play Ghostbusters, you know, uh, Ray, this is all the guys. One says, uh, I think it's Ray says two in the box. Egon says, ready to go. Venkman says, we'll be fast. And then they all, they all say, and they'll be slow. <laughs> it's so great. You know, I just remember doing that all the time. So, uh, Ghostbusters two, um, not, I know you're not, Oh a, no, I like, Oh, I like to swim a lot. Fan, I really do. I just, I'm not yeah, getting grief yeah. at all. I, I'm glad it's on your list because I think it's very worthy to talk about. And like I said, yeah. putting Peter Venkman and just in that scenario where he's holding the kid or whatever and it's not his and it's kind of like, it's kind of like a cool thing because he really wishes it was because he loves awkward. Dana, right? And he, yes. And he's like, here's this child that he wants to like, but it, ultimately he's kind of like, shit, this ain't my kid and it should be. You know what I mean? So there's some really cool stuff. Yeah, and stuff. the fact that he ended up as like a TV host, right? He was like, yes, he has, he has that, that like show, paranormal right. TV show. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like super annoyed. You could tell he's like, yeah, things just do didn't it, turn out the way he, it, he wanted them to. And the way I think the audience yeah, expected absolutely. them to at the, at the end of the first film, right? So it's kind of cool yeah, that it totally. takes that turn away from that when you, it, it kind of subverts your expectation a little bit. 
Yeah, they all kind of ended up where they should have. You know what yeah. I mean? So. I'm going straight one. to hell for putting this at number one. I'll tell uh -oh. you that because Psycho 2 should be my number one film. But I, I have such passionate love for Hello, Mary Lou, <laughs> Prom Night 2. I've been seeing things, hallucinations about Mary Lou Maloney. That girl who died in our school. Mary Lou Maloney is back to the prom. And she's going to make sure it's a night you'll never want to remember. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom Night 2. Rated R. Starts Friday. Consult your local newspaper for showtime. Oh! I am... This movie is crazy. This is the craziest movie. <laughs> it's it nothing... It's, it, it, it steps... It sidesteps... As a sequel from the from the first movie, the same way Sleepaway Camp Two, you know, takes a veer right. off to the right from Sleepaway Camp. It's the same kind of a turn. Um, here we yeah. have none of the original characters. There's no Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, there's not, you know, there, she wouldn't definitely not come back for this. This is 1987. This is uh, seven years after the first film. Um, yeah. Great idea not to connect it to the first film because honestly, the first film is when it closes, it's okay. Okay, the chapter is closed and it's done. It's enough. Right. Right. Yep, the lipstick's gone. Lipstick is gone. Mask His is bad put DJing. Away. Yep. You put it, the records back in the closet. You're fucking done. Um, yep. And it had nowhere to grow to. It really didn't. So on that note, the original title, The Haunting of Hamilton High, I think is infinitely better than Prom Night 2. Because what they wanted to do was right. call it The Haunting of Hamilton High, not even connecting it to Prom Night, but then, of course, the exec said, oh, there's money there, so let's call it Prom Night 2. That's um, a smart move. You know, capitalizing on established property. You know, They call it IP, right? That's what they call it. Yep. This is a uh, part possession movie, part revenge tale. Um, a vengeful spirit speaks, seeks retribution for a past sin. Another prank gone horribly wrong. So it has that Carrie-ish um, thing. Yeah, they went Carrie vibe yeah. for sure. The interesting yep. twist here is that the stakes are much higher for the prankster Bill. You see, his girlfriend and prom date come prom queen is none other than Mary Lou Maloney. And she's the mm -hmm. resident slutty girl, man. She is so slutty. <laughs> In the opening scene, she's you know she's triumphantly telling a priest, Mike, in confession. In the confessional, she says, "Bless me, Father, for I have sinned, and I love every minute of it." <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, Bill gives her a ring, and she sends him for a punch, you know, for punch, uh, you know. And as soon as he goes to the punch bowl, just to get his date some something that some refreshment. She right. starts playing finger puppets backstage with this other guy. <laughs> and this other guy, Buddy. Of course, his name is Buddy, right? Buddy. And she, of course, wins prom queen because you'd have that no other way. And jilted Billy climbs up the catwalk above the stage and he drops this giant stink bomb because now he wants to get back at her. He's like, you damn slut. You don't you yeah, know, of course. shame me like this in front of my classmates. And, of course, it accidentally ignites and burns Mary Lou alive in front of everybody. Whoops. And the most, not hysterical at all, but... You've never seen such helpless, inert buffoons as the faculty in this <laughs> while they stand around and do absolutely nothing to help Mary Lou while she's on fire. They cover their eyes. <laughs> they look away in horror. 
Even Buddy slinks down on the stage and kind of regretfully punches the steps. Like, oh, damn. Like, it's over already. Like, put the girl <laughs> out. She's on fire. Help her. Um, there's no fire extinguisher around, of course. No. Why would there be? The funny thing, like, this could be the end of the film, right? This is Carrie, basically. Right. Because yeah. Mary Lou is clearly a horrible person. She gets what she deserves. But it's Billy's revenge story, right? He got back at her for this awful, duplicitous girlfriend. She's a slut. She schemed them and whatever. But this is the beginning of the movie. So yeah, after you know, as the film gets on a little bit, Mary Lou's spirit's conjured, and the deaths she inflicts, Mike, they're so creative. I mean, that's the, the thing that defines this one more than the first one, because the first one has some great little kills. We know this, but one of the, the defining characteristics of this is more like a Nightmare on Elm Street almost. It's so much more fun than the original was, because the original is is, yeah. is a good film, but it's dark. Yeah, it's, but it's serious, not fun right? As dark. It takes itself yeah. very seriously. Absolutely. But this one, man, you you can even forget forgive the overt name checking that comes like the year after night of the creeps did a similar thing. Cause this does that. It does like the whole, Oh, my name is Carpenter or, you know, Craven or right. Um, right. Anyway, they named them a lot of these characters last names after horror directors and they ri ripped off Fred Decker's from night of the creeps. It's pretty, you know, that's the one thing about this movie. I'm like, eh, but yeah. that said, Mike, it crams in exorcist carry most obviously. Okay. It's possession movies. There's a scene yeah. where a priest, Mike, remember finger puppet playing buddy from the opening. Remember him? His guilt ran yeah. so deep, he became God's servant, Mike. He is now a priest. Although he's got a major screws loose. He, he, he literally recites, the body of Christ compels you about a hundred times. I'm not even kidding. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the main character, Vicky's mom, she's super religious. Hmm. Kind of like Carrie. Yeah, exactly. Aging Margaret White. Margaret White, are you here? We, we seem to have found your wallet. It's completely empty. Your identity and everything else has been stolen by the writers of Prom Night 2. <laughs> we're real sorry it appears that they've gotten away with everything Margaret so the funny event uh, the character Josh even twists lines from the exorcist he says so remember your mother sucks cocks in hell Karis obviously was a famous one your mother sews socks in hell Father Karis <laughs> I mean it's little stuff like this is thrown in and it's fun that stuff is fun Sure. Yeah. Then Kelly, who's this real, the, the, you know, I have a resident bitch. So Kelly's our resident bitch in the, in, the, in the present times. She tells the date that she has a drinking problem. And he says, I drink, I get drunk. So what's the problem? <laughs> There's some great <laughs> lines like this that in any other movie, you'd be like, duh. But in this movie, I don't know why I, I just lost it. Um, That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and they tell the priest, Jesus Christ, buddy, you've been celibate too long. He's telling the priest he needs to get laid, like in this movie. It, 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 yeah, like, are exactly. Are you kidding me? But Mike, the scene, I mean, I can't not mention this. In detention where Vicky gets dragged into the blackboard, it's it's literally like a Nightmare on Elm Street, like Dream Master type scene. It's it's so elaborate. Um, literally the blackboard turns into this like liquidy mass. Um, and it has like Nightmare 2 vibes too even. Um, I was wondering if David Chaskin, the writer of that movie, is getting royalties for this scene. I don't know, but he should. Um, and definitely the end of the movie, the coda, is definitely Nightmare 2 influence too. But So Vicky becomes completely possessed by Mary Lou. So she jumps into her body, basically. And then she goes right. to confession with Father Cooper. Will you help me, Father? Of course, child. Will you pray for me? Yes. Will you fuck me? You can't make this up. Um, that's not even mentioning the incest scene. I won't go there. Um, the, the demented looking mm -hmm. rocking horse that comes to life in Mary Lou's room. In oh, the, that's the, right. Mary I forgot Lou's, the other about that. character's room. And did I mention 
Yes. This movie is a lot more fun than the original, Mike. And anyone that hasn't seen Prom Night 2, Hello, Hello Mary Lou is what, the way you should look for it. Um, I really yeah. like the first one. I adore the first film a lot. We've talked about it a lot. Oh, I love the first one. We've done a, first po- we've done yeah. a, a commentary track on it. But if you and your friends really want to put a fun horror film on, like it's a little batshit crazy, a little nuts, you can't go wrong with this movie, Mike. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen it, but I need you to rewatch this because uh, it's been too long if you haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it, it's been probably oh, okay. about a year. But yeah, no, I definitely Fair watch enough. this one, uh, you know, every year or so, you know, year or two maybe, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's super, super fun, yeah. So that is my number one, Mike. I am dying to know what your number one is. You ever hear the urban legend about the dead hitchhiker? A serial killer who murders eight students. Hello? What's going on? Did you hear that? You don't think it was real? None of blood. Whoever's doing this is going to come after you again. It's just an urban legend. Urban Legends Final Cut. Urban Legend, Mike. Rated R. Opens everywhere September. As I just mentioned, you know how I feel about Urban of Legend, course. right? I've Top made it ten very of all clear time. that this is one of <laughs> very clear that this is one of my favorite slashers. Um it, it's got a great killer costume, great location, right in college. Oh yes. And uh and and an awesome killer reveal with so many red herrings that I, I love to have in a horror film, right? And I know you, you love, love the those winter too. coat yeah uh costume. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So we don't get that in this film. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, how do you prove on that, Matt? You Well, you add adding the words final cut after the title. That's how you improve on it, Matt. And that's what we get in this film. This, this sequel to the original is one of my favorite sequels that goes along with one of my favorite movies, you know, for horror films, especially 90s horror films. Uh, it's awesome. So we get final cut now. So um, talk about location, Matt. The location of Alpine yes. University, like a film yes. school, with uh, with like a now we have a new group of characters, yes. right? It was like um, security guards and stuff that will, and all that. Y- yeah, all that good stuff. So we we just love those movies where the audience has to guess who the killer is, and we definitely get that with this movie. Uh, and it goes all the way to the end. But the story centers centers around Amy, a film student that is trying to film her thesis horror film based. On urban legends, and it's the girl right? from House, right? It's one cool. of the girls from, yeah. Yes, yep. She's been in a ton of stuff, but she's great. Uh, one by one, her classmates die, and she has to figure out who the killer is, right? Which that premise alone I'm is awesome. I was awesome, made from right? Mickey Shop at any point from Scream Two in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep, totally. Uh, so this movie does such a great job at capturing the feel of the first film with all the new characters, except we have who do we have coming back, man? We have yes. Reese. The college cop, right? Security guard, cop, whatever you want she's to call awesome. her. Uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's great. And there's that great scene with her and yes. Amy in the car where she sort of Toward tells the, beginning, the story I love about that. her yes. old job. Yeah. And doesn't she like play she it does. up? Like, she just like, plays it up was, like she could be the killer. Was a security guard. Right, almost. But then she's like, and it was me yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. It was really cool. Yeah, it was clever. Um, I love Amy. I think she's a great character. Uh, she's played by, you mentioned the girl from House. Jennifer, Jennifer Morrison. Morrison yes, exactly. I think her name is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, she's like a determined she's film great. student that's kind of like stuck in the middle of this film school murder spree, right? And what's so cool is like there's this like the, the the thesis project is like they they call it like the Hitchcockian award or yes. something like that. So speaking of Hitchcock, getting back to it, you know, talking about Psycho too. 
Um, there's some great kills in this movie, Matt. Um, not as clever as the original uh, Urban Legend, but still oh, fun. It's, it's you know, a really, really, good really good movie, yeah. Yeah, and I love the uh, the opening, uh, how they kind of play you a little bit, and you think it's like a like an opening kill, and then you find out it's something else in disguise, yes. right? Which is very, very clever. Oh, the um, way beginning, yes. I kind of, yeah, yeah, the, the very, very beginning. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I wish they kept the original costume uh, staying a with bit, this yeah. film, you know, that they already established. They, they went with like, what, like a fencing kind More of costume or less. this time? Yeah. Yeah, beekeeper, <laughs> beekeeper fencing kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a beekeeper's yeah. mask, right? But it's definitely like a fencing costume or something. So it kind of works, but I wish they kind of stuck with the original. <laughs> would have been would have been cool. I don't know why they changed that. Um, oh man, we get some other fun performances, including uh, uh, what's his name, Hart Bachner. I think, I think that his is name his name is as yes. Professor Solomon. Yeah, and he's been a ton of stuff like in the nineties. Um, and, uh, Graham played by Joey. That's Lawrence, right. Joey, which is Whoa. really funny. Um, Matt, I know you love the whole Hitchcock angle of, of this I film. Do. I know you're a big fan of that. Um, this is definitely one of my favorite sublime sequels. And that's why I put it in number one, right down to the final cut, Ooh. Maddie. So there you go. That's my so, number one. We mentioned 10 films just now. Yeah. And we've, at the top mentioned transcendent. So we could stick mm -hmm. that moniker transcendent on a couple of these films as far as you just haven't, you just push these films aside or you saw them in the video store and you haven't taken them out. But I'm telling you, you should rediscover all of these if you haven't seen them in a while, because they are all worthy watches, all, every single one of them. But Mike, Absolutely. we still have room for one more, dude. Well, that's it. Several panels of overhead fluorescence in the video store go dark. You fumble towards the counter, desperately cradling your tower of tape recommendations from Mikey and Maddie. It's checkout time. But wait, this stack of newfound treasures is amazing, but it's not yet complete. There's always time for one more film. Just one more. But what will it be? Room for One More is sort of like our, we're in the video store and we've got a shelf and we got, we got room for yep. one more each film. Got one. So you and I are yep. going to give, we've each picked one film and we're going to sort of mention that film, talk about it a little bit and debate our two films, right? To see whose film's going to make it on the shelf. Well, I Matt. think my, um, my film here has a great, great poster. I talked about this actually on our, on our last Patreon episode, this poster actually. Oh, and, excellent. Um, it is slumber party massacre two. Two, Again, we're at 1987, yes. Mike. Thrills, chills, and guitar drills, baby. That's the tagline. That's it, drill a killer. <laughs> I mean, this VHS sold really well, apparently, because when it was released, everyone wanted that cover art, apparently. really. Um, oh, yeah, it's, that's, that's how people I wonder how much this, VHS is, this goes for now, this VHS. I'm curious. I'm, oh, my God. I am, you got to look this up while I'm talking, because I can't believe yeah, yeah. that this would be like under 100 bucks. There's no way. Oh, hell no. Anyway, the first film was a it's solid on-the-nose yeah, slasher, definitely. Um, but it didn't leave anyone asking, hey, yep. I can't wait for the sequel. You know, nobody was expecting a sequel to this ever. <laughs> um, the main character, Courtney, she's the little sister, actually, of one of the girls who was attacked in the original film, the survivor. Oh. And she's a virgin, and she keeps dreaming of this driller killer, her sister, who's in a mental institution from, from, the, you know, from, the, from the first film or whatever, urging her not to have sex, mm -hmm. right? It even yeah. begins with, like, this soft music on the soundtrack, kind of like a slowed-down variation on, like... Bach has this song, Jesu Joys of Joy of Man's Desiring or whatever, and it kind of sounds like that slight. Basically, it's like porn music is what it is. 
Um, gotcha. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Several close-ups of a girl's skin between blankets. It's faux erotic. It's like it's a ruse, though. There's nothing sexy or erotic about this film right. whatsoever. Again, these films are directed by women, so they they kind of rely on the fact that you're gonna like the, the, you know this male gaze is gonna be staring at these you know. So I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna show you some skin, a boob, and you're gonna freak out, right? And think it's all sexy, and then right. slap you across the face <laughs> and, with something's gross. It's like no, this is not sexy at all. Um, <clears throat> they're smart enough, the women. Um, you know, the nudity, the nudity, the sexuality, their tropes. They lure you in, and then, like I said, pew, they slap the shit out of you, and it takes a sharp right turn. Yeah. But it is a black comedy. Again, this one's even way more absurdist. Uh, it has the dream logic in it uh, than the first film. It's absolute cr craziness. It's actually body yeah. horror in this film. Yeah. So it, it's, it definitely tip, dips its toe in a whole bunch of different genres. The whole entire film oh, yeah. is basically an infomercial, Mike, warning about the dangers of having sex, of course. The driller killers in this yep. is the one using a gigantic guitar drill on his victims. It's, <laughs> it's like the filmmakers are telling virgins everywhere, look, don't have sex. It's bad. As a matter of fact, be frightened because sex hurts. It hurts like some <laughs> rockabilly guitarist screwing you with his enormous red guitar drill penis. <laughs> And the guy uses one-liners, Mike, like, I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Come on, That's baby. Awesome. Light my fire. <laughs> I can't oh, get over this man. guy. I don't know what ever happened to this guy, but this, Mike, it's fun. I mean, there are blow-up dolls, blow torches, break dancing. I can't even, that just glosses the it's, surface it's of this. With, I mean, they don't yeah, make the films like this anymore. I had to put this up for, for contention because otherwise we would never have a chance to talk about it. And I really, really do enjoy yeah. this movie. Um, I think it's, it might be on Tubi right now um, if you want to see it, but Slumber Party that's Massacre awesome. 2 from 1987. Uh, that's my slot for uh, room for one more. So quick, Matt, I just looked it up. It's actually not as expensive really? as I thought. The original VHS release is going for oh. under $50. It's like Color 40 bucks. And then there was a, there was a re-release uh, it must have been later, like probably late nineties or something like that. That one's only going for oh. like twenty bucks, which is you might have to get yeah, that. So then, dude. that's surprising. I, I kind of want the original now, <laughs> now that you've talked it up and stuff. I want to go for that original one and see if I can make an offer for something less than yeah, forty. They might bite. Know? Maybe they'll take like thirty five, yeah, thirty might bite or something. That, you know. Yeah. All right, Matt. So you kind of went fun and goofy and sexual for your I uh, did. room for one more. I've definitely got some sexual in my room for one more, but it's a little darker. <laughs> I think you'll agree. It's a very dark film called Amityville 2, The Possession. So not really a sequel, Matt, but a prequel, right? This kind of follows the origin of the Amityville house based on the true story of what happened before the DeFeos got Mike, there, correct? I'm going to do something unprecedented right mm -hmm. now. I'm laying down yeah, my sword. This fucking movie wins right now what I, you i absolutely give it to me? I, I can't when when i heard you say amityville 2 yeah i started my my inner reverend dimsdale from scarlet letter i wanted to go in a closet and just whip myself a hundred times this fucking movie is so good and the fact that i didn't it's, pick it's it it's excellent i'm beating myself like i'm yeah. just absolutely this movie wins oh, hands down yeah. I, I love summer party massacre too this really? movie is bonkers I, but my God, Mike, you you picked a uh, winner, so dude. Bonkers, uh, this yeah. wins. And what's the director's name? The director's oh, name a, is like it's, the same he's an Italian guy. Like this he's different Italian letter. Guy. Dario Dario. It's, like, it's like 
Yeah, it's like Dario Daria or something like that. It's like something like that. It's crazy. Uh, you know where it was director, filmed, right? right? I think this was his. Uh, well, yeah, it was Tom's River, down by baby. You and Tom's River, right? Yeah, at the same house. Yes, it as was the, the exterior one, shots, right? which is yes, pretty crazy. They were. Yeah, so whoever owned that house was making bank, man, by renting that house out to 18 the Brooks Brooks uh, uh, Street in Tom's River, New Jersey. Brooks Road. Yeah, actually. you did that one video where you're standing. If in you the go driveway, back to right, 2017, I believe in our in our uh, on our Instagram page, you'll see me do a little video yeah. in front of that house. Oh yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's still sitting there. They don't really they don't love people standing. I out did there, it right? like it's seven o'clock in the morning thing. one morning. Like hopefully, yeah, oh, well, I could have been arrested, nice. but I did it really quickly. Yeah. So, uh, so Matt, this story is about the, Mont- the Montellis, yep, I believe. Uh, Burt Young, a dysfunctional. F- yeah, Burt Young, Paulie from Rocky Paulie, Fame, yes. right? And we got uh, we got Dude, Monique, plays one Monique of the yeah. and Ricky <laughs> from Better Off yeah. Dead, dude, the French exchange student. Yes, and she's also in Terror. She is, too, and Last Matt, American Virgin. Oh, yeah. she's I love Diane oh, Franklin so yeah. much. Yeah, she's great, man. She's cool. Uh, so they sort of dysfunctional family moves into what they think is their dream home, only to find out that this home will be the end for them all. Mike, screenplay by? Uh, do you know? Uh, it's it's uh, Tommy Lee who, Wallace. What's his name? Yeah, Tommy Lee Wallace again, bringing him back. For this. Dude, that's crazy, Nuts. right? Unbelievable. So this movie leans heavily on kind of like the demon possession sort of uh, vibe, you know, based on the popularity of The Exorcist. I, I say I believe, part Exorcist, you know? part Evil Dead. Yes, I would agree with you there. It's definitely got some Evil Dead in it. Um, it's a very, very dark film, Extremely. right? There's definitely some wacky stuff that goes on there. But it's sort of kind of leaning on or the story is sort of all about the sun, uh, as we know, most people know the story of Amityville Horror, but the sunny. sun sort of, yeah, Sunny, Sun, Sunny the Sun, the sun uh, gets possessed and slowly starts to go crazy. And then in the end, we know what happens. He sort of takes his family out. But there's some messed up stuff in here, Matt. Some really, really, really mind bending, uh, really soul bending stuff. There's, <laughs> yeah, soul bending as well. Uh, but we talked about sexual stuff. There's an actual scene in the movie where there's well, incest they don't, in this movie. They which, don't go as far as seeing it, but they do the lead up. But and, there's definitely alluded oh, to Oh, it's it. more than alluded to because he literally has her strip naked on the bed as he's taking pictures right. of her. Um, and yeah. she does. Little sister does do yeah. it because Sonny is very convincing apparently. And he's the yes. prodigal son and he's such a, you know, everybody loves Sonny. But it is so yep. goddamn disturbing. It's 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 disturbing and weird and bizarre. It's very strange. Uh, there there was a bunch of scenes that I, I was doing some research on this film to prep for this, and there was a bunch of scenes that they either shortened or cut out that are really <laughs> fucked up scenes, man. Where you know, there's like the younger brother and sister. Yes, the little two. Yes, the little kids was. I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch this whole film I did again uh, to prep for this. Yes, so you did. Is there a scene where the the young girl pushes the younger, uh, the drowns the younger brother in the, no. in the tub, or is that no, was that a cut, cut scene. scene? That's a cut scene. They actually filmed that and they cut it out, which makes sense because it's really <laughs> fucked up. But the little girl, I guess, was possessed too, and she took the she kills the younger brother by dunking his head in the in the the tub to try well, to to kill him. So maybe she didn't maybe. kill him, but she was trying to, I guess, or something. Well, that would have sealed but, it for me, yeah, Mike. Because up. let me just say that you have a movie, a bleak <laughs> psychodrama horror about incest, abuse, and family violence. This is not a blueprint <laughs> for a Mike Boylan pick. 
No, it's not. It's definitely not, but it's it's just definitely a fucking Mike, evil movie. I'm going to double down like so on that. Well done. It is well done. It, I like this movie so much better than the original. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with you there. Uh, I, it's not, I'll agree it's with not you as, there for sure. I don't think definitely. it's as compulsively rewatchable maybe as the first one, but I, I think it is actually because it's just like you can't believe it and you're like, wait, I got to watch it again. Did I really see that? What? But it right, is, I, right. I can't, yeah. I, again, I beat myself when I said, when I said this, I said, that's it. I'm laying the sword down. This isn't even a fair fight at this point because Amityville possession is so yeah. good. And well, in fact, you. it's so good. I'm going to, it needs to be more than a room for one more. I'm going to have to find a way to put it for myself on a, on a future list so I can talk about it. Yeah. I, some of these movies will definitely have to come back, you know, and make it into our list yeah. in future podcasts because there, some of them are worth it, you know? So I threw down and uh, I won. So I'm glad I won that battle. So clear the shelf there. Uh, Amityville yep. 2, the possession is going to make it on the shelf. And uh, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for it tonight, is. Maddie, for our it podcast. Is. Yeah, we're in March, right? This is March. Crazy stuff. This year is flying by already. It's it unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, we will see you guys next month. Also, if you uh, remind everybody, we are on Patreon. So if you'd like to be support the podcast and listen to some bonus episodes, uh, you can support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash alone in the dark podcast. Uh, so we, we still have to do a bonus episode for this month. So we'll get that out to you guys. Uh, so look for that. And then uh, right. that's about it, Matt. We'll see everybody maybe at Smodcastle Cinema for on the 24th for Poltergeist. And we do a movie there once a month uh, that we release on Instagram. And, you know, uh, you can check out when the date is and all that good stuff. So if you want to buy tickets or, or just see what we're showing, you can always go to SmodcastleCinemas.com and if you look under the coming soon section, you will see what, what Friday Night Frights film we will be hosting over there, which will be super fun. No, that's it, man. I, this was a lot of fun, Mike. I'm so glad we got to get back to, get back to it. And we had a fun topic and a lot of yeah. films we never talked about before. And we got probably a little too excited about Critters 2 and Ghoulies 2 and <laughs> Amityville the 2, The Possession. Yeah, it's it's good. Well, hopefully we'll get some people to rewatch these films again and uh, be excited I about them so. as well. I really do. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys, we will see you next month. Have a great uh, kickoff to spring here, and we will talk to you soon. I'll be uh, getting ready to watch uh, Critters 2 for my Easter. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm not kidding. (laughs) All All right, right, guys, take take care. care.